Welcome back to another episode of Climversations. I'm your host, Monica. This is a unique episode because for the first time ever, we have two separate guests. I sit down with two of our district teachers to get their perspective on this pandemic and teaching through it. My first guest is Jaina Griffin, an intermediate teacher from Dory with a mass communications bachelor's degree. Jaina comes with a unique experience as a previous software trainer for a large global firm before becoming an educator for the last eight years. I can't wait for you to hear how her favorite quote from Walt Disney, it's kind of fun to do the impossible, comes through in her passion for her students and being positive during these crazy times as an educator. Jaina is a teacher who believes that it's a privilege to hang out with kids each day and the classroom is her happy place. You'll hear that in our conversation. Take a listen now. Hi, Dana. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. I'm so excited to have you on this episode of Conversation. So thank you for spending some time chatting with me today. Of course. I know teachers are so busy and so your time is very precious. So we will get jumped in and we'll kind of start about what's one of your favorite things in Klein ISD right now. Oh, wow. Um, definitely my students. <laughs> okay. I have a great group of students this year. I oh. love them. <laughs> I love it. That makes such a difference, especially when I think back to some of the special years that I had when I was in the classroom. So that awesome. would be Thanks last for- year. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right into it. A lot of our listeners um, want to hear from teachers themselves, or there are teachers that are listening that want to just maybe be validated and what they're thinking and going through and their experiences. And so uh, our student episode was one of the highest listened episodes in Conversations history. And uh, I definitely just want to just have a, a casual conversation with um, you and our other guests that will be on at a later time, just about what are your thoughts about this pandemic and the disruption it's caused for students? The thing that's been so startling this year is how difficult it's been to get back into the swing of things. Okay. Like, it's like those five months that they were out of school we started calling it, you know, we've always talked about the summer slide on our team. We've talked about (laughs) the COVID cliff, Okay, you know, like their learning and their um, classroom engagement and all of those things just took a nosedive. And it's really taken a lot more work and a lot of trust building and a lot, a lot, a lot of pulling teeth to get everyone back on track and up and going. And yes, we're in school and let's go. So, and there's so much more, I see a lot more anxiety in, um, students, both on campus and online and it's been rough. It's been rough for everyone. Well, and I love your transparency about it because as much as we are the positive people in the education system as educators in the end, just like, just like the adults in the situation, like we are still in a pandemic Mm -hmm. or if the adults are going to have those feelings and the kids are too. And so just in thinking about what your answer just was about how you've seen a little bit more anxiety, this COVID cliff that you guys are calling it has really affected just even, it sounds like just regular classroom operations. How have you combated 
those challenges and it doesn't have to be specific things, Jana, but it can just be, you know, like just give a quick brief. How have you combated those challenges in your classroom? So some of it has been taking the time to just be uh, really transparent with the kids. And so like, for instance, yesterday, we just took a break and we literally were telling stories about silly things that have happened to us. And I try to make sure that my online kids can hear what my on-campus kids are saying and make sure the online kids get a chance to tell their stories. So we've done a lot of sometimes just saying, hey, time out. It, it's time. Everyone needs this time to, to hear. And they love hearing my stories, especially my silly stories about when I was their age. And so <laughs> I have found myself telling a lot of stories to my kids about what my life was like when I was their age. Um, And so I think that's helped with relationship building, um, which has really helped them to learn to trust me. And so we're finally getting there. We're finally getting back to the, you know, kids just acting like kids, regardless of having a mask on their face and um, kids acting like kids, regardless of the fact that they're on the computer and being willing to share and jump in and, be wrong and be right and learn new things and face the challenges. Yeah. I mean, the, the learning opportunities just for the life lessons, I'm sure are plenty. And for our listeners, Jaina does teach at the secondary level at the intermediate or middle school level. So grades six through eight in our district. So um, what grade do you teach Jaina? I teach seventh grade ELA. Yeah. So I'm right in the middle of those middle school years. Okay. Yeah. We're recording this before I've recorded your bio. So, all right. Well, you've started us off in a transparent and authentic way. And I appreciate that. So let's, let's talk about some more, let's start with some celebrations. Like what have you seen is the silver lining? What can you celebrate in these last, I'll say the last four months since we're officially coming to the end of this first semester back in the pandemic year, or, I mean, you can even start back in March because that's really when this whole saga started. Yeah, I don't know that there's a lot to celebrate from March until we got back. Um, yeah. Getting back, I think the celebration is, I see a lot more celebration on the kids in campus. They're on campus. They see their friends. They can walk up to the teacher's desk if they have to. They can raise their hands very easily, get my attention, ask questions. And it's it finally feels like school is um, back to normal just as we've gotten more used to the masks and more used to the trying to walk on one side of the hall versus taking up the whole thing. And, but like the noise level is up and they're talking and they're interacting. And to me, that's the celebration because I also have high school age children of my own and, you know, to see kind of their struggles from a parent side and then be here and see the student struggles and how they've been kind of, once again, stepped back into a little more normalcy in their actions and behaviors, I think is the thing that we need to celebrate. I love that because, you know, this has become such a polarizing topic, you know, returning to school in a pandemic, and it's just flooded with a lot of political opinions, a lot of personal opinions, a lot of personal perspectives and experiences. And I don't, think this is the platform to go into those, but I do (laughs) appreciate that you are talking about the benefits of returning. I think there's benefits and cons to both sides. 
And and it's not the platform for us to go through that. Uh, nor nor do you and I want to do that right Absolutely now. Absolutely not. I, I, I think <laughs> I, I think I think you really point out like the people connection. I mean, I think that's what we all needed even back when we were quarantining for the first time in our lives and working from home as educators. I mean, none of us ever thought we would work from home because we've all chosen education and that's just not a profession that's going to be from home for us maybe in the future will be but and so I think like you just naming that the kids are lighting up from the people connection Mm -hmm. I mean I feel different being at work you know it's just it can become isolating at home and then not to mention that such a social age yeah and like you were saying you are your own children I just I I, like can picture your classroom yes you know and there have been times when like we've had the downtime in class, like, you know, we're, we're doing group work or whatever. And I have encouraged my online kids. Hey guys, I know you don't feel comfortable unmuting yourself and chatting with each other because everyone can hear you and I can hear you, but you know, use that chat box. And so sometimes they've used the chat box. And I have one class in particular that has a really great online culture as well because of chatting Mm -hmm. online. And yeah. then occasionally I will tell them, all right, y'all, I'm, I'm muting the speaker. So you can unmute and chat amongst yourselves to give them that chance to have some of those same yeah. relationships as well. And that does help a lot. And I think that's really innovative of you to think outside of like, okay, well, they're just online and they're just going to deal with it. And I guess they're just going to be muted. I like that you're really searching for different ways for them to be collaborative and communicative with each other. And I think it's as just as a former former teacher and still current educator, I kind of smile when you say like one of my classes has a really great online culture because I remember as a secondary teacher also it's like every period kind of has its own personality, you know. Oh yeah. Like I used to have one class that would cry. Like I had a lot of girls that would cry a lot, so we called them the emotion. I mean, we called the class emotions. They loved it. They made shirts. Like it was just the thing. And so it's just funny that. <laughs> You said you've got a good online culture because honestly, I think if teachers don't look at those virtual students as needing a culture, it can really have a negative impact on their learning. Mm -hmm. I like that you're naming that it's a culture. They're like their own little pod and group of kids. It's like you have to almost have two classrooms, not that that's an easy task. So you talked about some celebrations, just kind of touch on some of the challenges that you've seen. I know you kind of talked about them a little bit, but what are some specific challenges that have really tested you as a teacher? My biggest specific challenge, I was just talking to my department head about this yesterday, is I absolutely love the turn and talk routine or the collaborative learning. And it is very, very hard to do and get those online kids involved because of the lack of breakout rooms. And so when I've tried it in my classroom, it ends up that the classroom noise is so loud, even coming through the headphones of the kid who's in the class, that the Mm -hmm. online kids are like, we can't hear anything. We don't know what's going on. And so we're really working hard to try to come up with some creative solutions for how we can allow those breakout groups um, with less noise and chatter. And so I'm about to actually try something new on that front and pull in a couple of kids from my classroom in pride and really train the online, the on-campus kids. Hey, here's what I need from you. I need you to be diligent about muting and only using the space bar to temporarily unmute and talk. 
and see if we can't manage some of that noise to do a few more of those collaborative breakout room type things moving forward. Cause it's a challenge I really want to tackle. I, I, I am such an advocate for you, A, empowering your students and taking them aside and giving them the tools to be successful. We can't just assume like they know when to do what. And I love that you're putting that power into the kids' hands. And you're right. Like, I didn't even think about that being such a big issue, but you're right. I'm sure the noise is just so distracting at times and it's probably difficult to manage both. Yeah. Yeah. I also wanted to say thank you. Thank you for being, for really looking outside the box and trying to see how you can get this to work for, for the learning experience for all of your students. Oh, well, thank you. So I, I don't know you. This is the first time um, you and I have ever talked, but I feel like you've got a positive energy to you. And I just am curious, how do you cultivate a positive mindset and are in a state of being ready for flexibility and to add even more keeping your head above the water. If, if you are keeping your head above the water, (laughs) I feel like I'm doing a fairly good job of keeping my head above the water. Um, Okay. okay, So I'm going to like tout a book unsolicited about 10 or 15 years ago. I read a book called the happiness advantage and it's written by a positivity psychologist uh, whose last name is Acor is the author yeah, Sean Acor. I was thinking Chris and I was like, that's not right. <laughs> and so, <laughs> Close enough. so I, this was really a struggle for me early in my life. And so reading this book really gave me a 180 and I 10 or 15 years ago really started practicing at seeing the positive things in any situation. And in doing that, it truly changed my life and changed my whole mindset. And so when this pandemic hit, luckily I had all of those years of practice behind me. So yes, it stinks. And I do not want to take away from that. I don't want to say that like, this is just a, everything's great. It's not. I take the time to be frustrated and be angry and, you know, curse the gods for what has been sent our way. Right. But at the same time, the situation is what it is and we have to deal with it. And if we don't deal with it, it's going to make it a thousand times worse. And so some of it is really just a a very long time of practicing. What can I do to deal with the situation in front of me right now? What are my controllables and how can I control them? And that's helped me just, it's helped me so much to deal with. This is the challenge in front of me right now. I'm going to set the others aside and I'm going to deal with this challenge only. Hmm. I'm smiling because it's just, it's such a good way to think about it. And I think you really hit some good points of first that we can't just negate the fact that this is a collective trauma. It's difficult and it's definitely a challenge most of the time right now, but I love that you're focusing on like, okay, well, we still got to see the positive because I think that's where people are getting stuck in the, in their fixed mindsets about this pandemic and all of the challenges that it's bringing to education. It's like, at this point, we have named enough about the challenges, the complaints and the hard things that we're having to deal with every day. So it's like, at this point, like we've got to move on for individuals 
sanity, but also for the culture of the classrooms, the campuses, the district that we serve in, because I mean, I mean, uh, more than anything, just for people's personal mindsets, like if you can't get out of the negative, you've got to find a way because it's not sustainable. Like Mm -hmm. you can't live your life just every day thinking about the challenges that are happening, even though you're living them, there's got to be some positive somewhere. And uh, we actually just started a little jar that we got from Elena Aguilar's book Onward that we're doing a conversation series on, but it's called Remember Lucian Jar. And so with our team, we're just going to put like little things that remember throughout the day that made us smile. And then when the jar gets full, we're going to dump them out and just read them. Oh, fun. Just kind of keep it, you know, keep it moving and keep it going and to focus on those small things. And it might just be that somebody said hi to you in the hall. And that can be okay if that's the the good thing for the day. Mm -hmm. But I think that you just made some really good points that you've got to focus on the positive. So, all right. So do you have any tips for your fellow teachers that are listening that you figured out that have helped you besides what you've mentioned? So one of the things that I think has helped me a lot is, is, being really conscientious to bring those online students in. So I am an ELA teacher. So when we're doing read aloud or popcorn reading or anything like that, I bounce it back and forth. Like they know, um, unless you have a 504 that says you're not reading in front of the class, you're getting called on. Like, let's go. Um, okay. And so like we, we popcorn it back and forth. Um, when I'm, you know, asking rapid fire questions, I, bounce back and forth between the online and the on-campus. I also try really hard to remember to paraphrase what my on-campus kids have said because it's hard for those online kids to hear it. So I, I just, I think part of it is just being really intentional of like, how can I incorporate those kids? How can I bring them in? And then yeah. also list, 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 list. I keep a thousand lists of everything that has to be done. <laughs> So intentional communication and keeping track somewhere physical of all the things that need to be done. Yes. Okay. And the last part of the actual content piece of our episode, any inspiration to teachers to get through these tough times? Remember that they're kids, like they're kids. They want the positive attention. They want our love. They want our laughs. They want, you know, all the things they've always wanted in years before. We just have to find creative ways to get those and, I have a friend who's a youth pastor and he has a, has a t-shirt that says, I can't act my age. I'm a youth pastor. And I feel like (laughs) the same goes for teachers. Like, remember, you don't always have to act your age. It's okay to remember you teach kids and keep that childishness about you in order to let them, you know, see that you have a love of learning and a love of school and a love of them. And I think that just helps. It helps everyone remain positive, lighthearted, keep moving forward. (laughs) All right. So let's talk about one favorite thing in general right now. Let's see. My favorite thing in general right now is I am finally getting um, a little bit of control over my schedule and I'm seeing my family more. (laughs) Congrats. Okay. So that's what thing in general. And then I know you just said you're an ELA teacher. So this question is just hard for anyone who's ever taught English, like pick your, want me to pick one favorite book, but what is one book that you want to share with listeners 
that is on your favorite list? So it's, I'm not sharing it. Everyone knows it. Harry Potter is by far the whole series, my favorite book. I literally can't tell you how many times I've read it, listened to it, picture really? booked it. It's Wow. <laughs> That's like, I mean, the thing, I have not read those books and I am a former ELA teacher. I know that's. Oh my, I literally get to where I'm like, <laughs> I miss Harry and it's time to go back to Hogwarts. Oh. And so like, here we go. <laughs> I'll go listen to him again on audiobook, or I'll go read the illustrated ones or yeah, it's ridiculous. I love. I have to remind myself other books exist and let's go read those wow. too. I wish I was that committed to a storyline. Maybe I should read it. I'm honestly, I've seen all the movies. I was definitely intrigued. And I was like, wow, this is a really creative storyline. I just have never picked up the series. So maybe I will. This, I mean, you just, you're like the walking billboard for that series right now. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. It's, it's a little over the top, probably. <laughs> well, Gina, I thank you so much for your time. I mean, we're recording this before school starts, which is like the, one of the busiest, arguably one of the busiest times of a school day for a teacher. And then I just want to give you like a heartfelt personal thanks. I'm married to a teacher, so I also see it on firsthand and I'm just so grateful that there are educators out there like you. And there's so many in our district and so many in our state and all the things you're doing. I just want to tell you, like, you're so valued and you're making such a difference in these kids lives. And for you to go through these challenges and have a smile on your face and be so positive and focus on the positivities of the day is inspiring. And so just thank you so much for everything you're doing and for coming on our, on our episode today. Of course. Thanks for inviting me. Okay. Have a great week. You too. Bye-bye. Okay. My next guest is Danielle Williams, a school teacher from Island Elementary with a bachelor's degree in music. She started her career as a middle school special ed teacher, but has spent the last four and a half years teaching fourth through fifth grade English language arts. Danielle believes that teachers set the tone for engagement in learning environments and is so grateful for the face-to-face -face time with her students. One of my favorite quotes from her is, teaching in 2020, don't try it alone. Take a listen now. Hi, Danielle. How are you? Hi, Monica. I'm doing great. Awesome. Have our kids Thanks. settled in? Yeah, you got them all settled in. Thank you so yes. much for being on our episode of Conversation Recording. So this episode officially starts. Are you having a good day? Yes, I'm having a wonderful day. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much for taking time to talk with us. Like I told our other guest this morning, Jaina, I um, just wanted to have a teacher perspective of like just the nitty gritty of what's going on. And uh, our student perspective episode was really popular. And I just would like to highlight um, some teacher leaders and, and their experience through this pandemic. So we'll go ahead and get started with just like what's something you're celebrating in Klein ISD right now? Well, something that I am um, celebrating at the moment is this is my second year with Klein, so I'm super excited to be once again a part of the Klein family. And um, each week I have been just celebrating with my students this week and um, also celebrating a nomination for um, African-American educators within um, this region. So yeah. I'm definitely looking forward to that and um, I couldn't be happier. <laughs> 
Wait, you were personally nominated? So, yes, it was a nomination yeah. that I'm, I'm getting ready to, um, yeah, I, I actually found out about it yesterday. So I'm still, you know, so in the works of trying to process, you know, what what exactly was it a nomination That's for? Awesome. But yes, well, so. Let's know if you went. So cool. Thank Congratulations. You. Thank you. All right. So as we dive into this episode, I just want to know, like, what are your thoughts about this pandemic and the disruption that it's caused for students in general, your students, the classroom, et cetera? So in general, um, just for, I would, you know, I want to start by saying that I have to remind myself now more than ever that as a teacher, I still have to make sure that I'm ready to set the tone for Mm -hmm. that day. And I'm noticing that now more than ever, my students, they're, they're feeding off what I'm bringing, (laughs) whether it's um, my teacher seems a little bit frustrated today, or um, she's a little bit sleepy (laughs) today. (laughs) You know, they, they, they sense those things. They notice that thing, even as fifth graders in or in, you know, students in elementary school, but um, definitely having to, you know, up my game at, really getting students to want to be engaged in class when they're at home and they can't control what's going on in their background at home. Um, When, you know, I don't have an IT degree. So when um, a tech issue happens, it's like, okay, what, what can I do to always, you know, help my student as soon as possible? If it's an internet connection or something, you know, whatever may have you, um, how can I help them? So, you know, the technical issues, I kind of went into this knowing that, okay, yeah, that's going to happen. But more than anything, I've just been reminding myself like, okay, Danielle, you're going to have to get in here. How are you going to set the tone to engage those learners that are at home um, to make them feel like they're in the classroom with you Um, to make them feel as if, you know, it's that face to face moment. And I'll just tell a quick story. Um, I have a student and I hadn't been able to hear his voice for until like last week from the Mm. beginning of the semester I had never heard my students speak yet Mm. simply because he could not get a hold of a a device where the microphone would work yeah and I've called mom and I would you know get with her and see can we put him on the phone one day or we try all these different things and for some reason it would never work but the day he logged into zoom um, turn on that camera without me asking, you know, that's, that's a big one. Please turn on your camera <laughs> without me having to ask. And he unmuted and said, hi, Ms. Williams, can you hear me? Oh. I started crying. Yeah. It was like, I hadn't heard my, my students' voices. You know, as a reading teacher, we know the power, and this is educators, we know the power of hearing them speak about what they're learning and just, um, just being humans, hearing each other speak and talk and engage in conversation. So that, that really kind of just um, resonated in my heart because I would never think or dream of the day that, wow, um, I could teach school for almost three months and not hear the sound of my student's voice. Like it's one thing to look in the chat and see what they're typing, but to actually hear them say the words and ah. hear them connect it, that that moment to me was it was priceless so (laughs) well Um, and I appreciate you sharing that powerful story I mean I've got tears in my eyes and I've got goosebumps because you know it sounds like you handled that situation with grace and it's such a good reminder that we don't know all of the things that the kids are going through that are learning at home and all the challenges and roadblocks 
I can bring naturally. And Mm -hmm. I don't think that you did this. So thank God that you were so (laughs) patient. Knowing like this is a device issue and it's not him trying to be difficult, but could you imagine if you handled that the wrong way or in a frustrated way and it just would have exasperated him being feeling bad about the situation when that was already such a unique situation that we wouldn't have dealt with in the past outside of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And, and go ahead. Oh, and I was just going to say, you know, just like you're saying, just reminding ourselves um, to, you know, share their grace. And that's something that I, I have to even have with myself because, and I've yep. even talked to other colleagues where I'm like, man, I don't, I've heard this phrase a lot. I don't feel like I'm doing my best or I don't feel like I'm being a great teacher this year or I don't feel like my students are learning the best for me that they can and just to hear those things I have to stop and I because I I have those doubts and I have those um vulnerabilities as well sometimes it's just like um wait a minute am I making sure that I'm at least trying each and every day to build that relationship with my students still whether it's me reaching out on Remind and just checking on them or um, calling parents. Phone calls have been gold this year. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, we I- know that, you know, the power of a parent phone call is important, but it has been, it has helped with um, so many um, relationship buildings with our families, um, with my families, my students, parents, and um, just knowing that, we have to have the grace with, with others, but we need to extend it to ourselves as well. Understanding like, hey, I'm trying. I've never been trained to teach in a pandemic. If someone wrote a book about it, they are cashing in soon. <laughs> because it's kind of like, who who knows? You don't know what to, um, no one ever anticipated this, you know, so. Gosh, I've, just, I've always <laughs> felt a sense of pride being a teacher and an educator, right? Mm-hmm sister used to make fun of me at restaurants like if someone a server somebody asked like what do you do for a living I'm like I'm a teacher and she's like you tell everybody we're teachers because she was a teacher too Mm -hmm. and I've just always felt proud to be in a classroom with kids it's just like been my dream job since fourth grade Mm -hmm. but I have never in my entire career been as proud of teachers than I am this year and and that's, that's just coming from a genuine place of, I mean, like you're saying, there's so many teachers that feel like they're not doing their usual mm-hmm. age self. And yes, this is like a whole new look and there's so many challenges, but it's like, I'm still so impressed because these are all things that none of us learned in college. I don't yeah. know if this is thing right now in college, maybe like, maybe like mm-hmm. 20 might know about this, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> I resonated when you said like, there's no IT degree. And I just remember watching my husband right when all this happened and we were, you know, at home back in March and it, it really is like, you're walking them through login information. You're walking them through school issues and it's just interesting. Um, and, and I loved your perspective on that first question. So thank you. Thanks. So, um, you talked a little bit about the challenges and then definitely one of the celebrations of hearing your student's voice for the first time in three months. But can you tell me about, tell me about any other celebrations that you would have? What's the silver lining that you've seen from this semester? I would say, let's stay away from the spring semester since, you know, we're not really mm-hmm. in that situation anymore, but like just being returned back to school campuses since fall, like what are some celebrations that you've seen? Well, um, some of the celebrations that I'm seeing is that students generally have a love and a passion for learning. 
our students want to be at school. That's yeah. what I've seen across the board. Um, even when I'm talking to students for online, I'm hearing from parents, they want to come back. They keep asking me every single day, can, yeah. when can I come back if they're still, you know, in that situation. But one of the silver linings that I'm also seeing is that um, students are making progress with their reading goals. Um, we've been celebrating our students with their, you know, their quarterly summatives, um, seeing them want to hold books. That one was a big one for me. I um, have students that were just like, oh, can I make sure I bring this book? Can I please, you know, they're, they're having this ownership and this want to um, be engaged and to be involved in their learning, I feel more than ever. And um, those students that are logging in faithfully every day on time without me having to remind them and then going above and beyond and sending in um, their work and showing me what they're doing at home, those moments give me that silver lining because it's like, um, I'm not, a. my students want to learn. Um, I don't feel like I'm trying to it's not like pulling teeth right now at first it kind of felt like it <laughs> yeah but now there's a sense of oh um the students they have this sense of ownership they have that sense of my education is important to me you know um not just my teacher telling me that it's important because we want to learn so they're starting to have those in that intrinsic type of motivation i feel um so that's really been my silver lining um Learning that keeping things simple sometimes has also been a silver lining. When we started using Schoology and picking our digital platforms, at first there was this sense of like, oh goodness, I'm overwhelmed because I'm not sure which one I want to go with first. <laughs> but um, allowing students to kind of give their input about things and having them respond and then be involved in those activities and be involved in you know, recording their own conversations in class about what they're reading has been an amazing thing. So that has definitely been my silver lining to see students um, be involved in their learning, take initiative in their learning um, like never before. And I remind myself like, these are these are fifth grade, these are elementary students and just yeah. hearing their conversations about the themes they're learning in books and seeing them want to do projects and um, their writing, hearing them say, oh, I don't want to stop writing. I, that was music to my ears. <laughs> <laughs> Like so, it's just it's just one of those things that um you you don't want to take for granted those type of moments. Yeah, for sure. And so, who's navigating uh, the classroom in a pandemic? Mm -hmm. What are ways that you're cultivating that positive mindset for your students? Like you said earlier, you're kind of intentionally yourself to set the tone for them so they it, it can be modeled for them. And like, how are you being flexible and pivoting? to keep your head above the water with this new way of teaching and learning? Well, um, one of the things, definitely the word, I'm going to really touch in on that word flexibility, because we as educators know that <laughs> sometimes that feels like the flexibility word, it, we get stretched thin, you know, yeah. it's kind of like I'm flexible, not expandable. So it's like, how far can you stretch? But being flexible, but um, instilling in our students that, that flexibility still comes with accountability. Like, I want to be flexible with you, but we have to set that expectation. That doesn't change whether we're online or in the classroom. We still have a certain expectation or standard that we set as a class together. And um, we, we began that at the beginning of the year. One way I try to foster that is um, I, there was this quote that I actually got 
in in my mind when I was working out. <laughs> and it was basically because I'm I'm trying to kick up, you know, the health style and be healthy. You got it, girl. But, you got it. But thank you, because I need all that motivation. <laughs> but the quote was, um, no routine, no results. Right. And I, for me, it's just like, man, with this, for my own personal battle of just wanting to get healthier and lose weight, it was like, well, how consistent have you been? Or are you trying to do something different every single day? And it was just like, it finally settled in and resonated with me. If you don't have this constant routine, then the results are not going to happen. So with my students, I started thinking, well, if there's not this sense of routine and a sense of predictability, then the results, you know, you're not, you, you may not see them. You're not, you may not see them as fast as you would like, you know? Um, So just establishing that sense of we have a routine and, once you start doing that, they will remind you. I have a few that have reminded me a couple of days. Uh, Miss Williams, you forgot to make sure you tell us that readers are writers and writers are readers. You forgot to say the transition phrase. Oh, we didn't do our circle time today. Like once we start <laughs> setting the routine, yeah. they will remind you, especially if it's something that involves their input. They um, they love to be involved in their learning. So that's, I would, that's something that I'm doing with the adults too, right? I mean, that's been mm-hmm. one of the highlights of returning to work is there's that familiar predictability and routine that we were all accustomed to before we were um, quarantining it back in March. And so mm-hmm. that's a highlight even for the adults. Like we all kind of want that stability in our lives. So mm-hmm. of course your students are going to remind you when you... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and of course, some may say, well, we're in this, we're in this time where things are unpredictable. And so it's like, well, yes, we, we know that we can't control. But if you just think about it, life is unpredictable. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I always think about my best friend who passed away in a car accident. Mm-hmm. And, so sorry. Um, that, you know, and, and it, it happened a few years ago, but I was um, just thinking like that was an unpredictable moment, you know, um, and so. No, we can't predict these things, but if we we kind of understand that as um, as humans, there are, there are challenges in life, and um, if we can at least kind of already have like our routines or our go tos when we're when we have those challenges, um, my biggest thing has been not to try to teach alone, and I even kind of jotted down like teaching in twenty twenty, don't try it alone, <laughs> like teaching <laughs> yeah. ever, don't try but it alone, but especially yeah. in twenty twenty. Don't try to go this alone by yourself, um, um, feeling as if like you're the only person who is not feeling like they're up to par, they're doing their best because, you know, almost chances are everyone kind of has that little sense of insecurity of, or this fear of, oh, I'm not doing my best. So teaching in 2020, don't try it alone, collaborate, ask for help. And I've been I've been like super blessed with what I feel like one of the best teams um, that I've been able to work with some amazing educators. And we we lean on each other. We talk to each other. We pray for each other. And so um, that's just something that I would suggest and highly recommend to all of my fellow teachers. Don't try it alone. (laughs) Yeah. If you're not one to ask for help, this is not the year for that. I've noticed that, too. Yeah. It's like don't put put the pride aside or the <laughs> get, well, get and the I, humility and just yeah. act. It's okay. There well, are no, there are no what they you know when 
when kids say, oh, this isn't a good question, or even adults, this may be a silly or a stupid question. It's like, no, there there aren't any. <laughs> True. Yeah. And I, I like naturally crave community because I'm an extrovert. But oh, yes. that is highlighted this year. I mean, even any kind of help that I had before we had to scale back on, you know, COVID regulations or just like in general, even through the whole process of this year, it's just like highlighted how we are wired as humans to be in community with others Mm -hmm. and in such a, in in such a people centered career, that component of what we do can make or break classrooms. And Mm -hmm. we are so much stronger together. And obviously people have said that before, but this is the time to share and support each other even more. And what kind of positive cultural workplace can we show up each day if we all embraced that mentality of like, this is not something we're to be doing alone. So mm-hmm. I love that you highlighted that. Okay. So what's one favorite thing in general in life right now that you have? It doesn't have to be work related. Oh, let's see. Mm, oh man. It's like picking one is kind of hard. Let's see. It's, it's always hard for me to pick like favorite anything. I am the worst at that. Because I, I understand how when my kids are like, I don't have a favorite book because I'm just not sure. But um, let's see. Favorite thing right now would definitely be um, watching like my the little 90s shows that come up on Netflix here and there. So <laughs> I don't know how shows from the 90s, just kind of watching um, shows from the past has been like a thing in my household right now. At okay. one point, it was Family Matters, and oh, we were just yes. watching all the Family Matter episodes. <laughs> I didn't know that was on Netflix. I grew up watching that one's actually that one's actually on Hulu. <laughs> okay, didn't I don't know how old you are, but I remember when that was on on TGIF Fridays on that mm-hmm. channel. And as a family, we would like have family night around that show. I love yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, that's just been one of our things, like finding time. And also one of my favorite thing is just making time for each other as um, a family. Um, I have a little one. He's almost two. Mm. So um, just making it a point every night, if we're either singing together or reading together, doing something together to just unwind and spend time with each other as a family. Um, That has been one of my favorite things. And, you know, with this pandemic, of course, it's just like, you're like you want to hold your family members even more yeah. closely you know so just that time we've, we've been spending together has been precious um I feel like I've been protecting my time more as well um <laughs> being very wise and intentional with how I want to spend my time <laughs> yeah I feel the same way it's funny you say that because mm-hmm. I was thinking before I used to have a little bit of time to watch tv and I can't tell you the last time I turned the tv on and I'm like making decisions on what I'm going to use my time with. Like in the past, I feel like it was pretty easy. Like, okay, I'm going to finish up some work during this free time or I'm going to go do the dish. And now I'm like, okay, this thing's going to have to wait because I have to do this other thing that I didn't have time for during the day. And it feels mm-hmm. a lot time. The last question I have for you is what's a favorite book that you have? Not the favorite book, but a favorite book. <laughs> well, a favorite book. And I'm actually, it's, you know, it's not really uh, what you would consider consider a, you know, educator type book or an adult type book. It's actually a read aloud that I share with my students, and it's um, called "Smoky Night" by Eve Bunting. And um, this book, you know, it I would call it, you know, somewhat a classic. Well, she is as an author for me, but um, 
because I loved it because it really just this author kind of presented this way of explaining you know rioting that was happening back in LA I feel like back in the early 90s or 80s but um she was just explaining that even in the midst of that um social disturbance and you know with the pandemic and with the different climate that we've gone through politically and everything um she said that um the students they they got that they understood that even in the midst of the things that were happening in their country or in their city um that there were still people that had things in common and that they could still build those friendships and relationships so it was such it's a short little story but it was a beautiful story of just kind of painting this theme that uh, as human, as humans and as people, our relationships that we have with each other and that sense of community and friendships can still happen in the midst of um, our trials and in the midst of the struggles that we are experiencing at this time. Those, those things can kind of show up when we least expect it. You'd be surprised how many teachers share actual like children's books for that. <laughs> I'm definitely going to, link that in the show notes. So thank you for sharing about that book. Time, yeah. Timely content. Well, Danielle, this concludes our episodes. I just want to give you a heartfelt thank you for everything you're doing. You sound like a caring, loving teacher with a really good energy about you. And I just appreciate you taking time out of an already very tight schedule of the day. You're doing this on your conference period. And I just really appreciate you allowing us in to your classroom and your heart and again thank you for everything you're doing thank you guys and thanks Klein family <laughs> okay have a good week Bye. these two teachers are a breath of fresh air they are the model of why teachers are true heroes day in and day out while we experience this pandemic their constant focus on making the teaching and learning engaging, inclusive, and creative is an inspiration. I enjoy their tips, advice, and positive energy throughout this episode, and I'm so glad you got to hear from them today. To all the teachers listening to this episode, I want to extend the gratitude that I showed to them to you too. You are seen, valued, and so appreciated. Please know that your work is making an impact even on the hard days that makes it easy to forget that. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You truly are inspiring. Here's to taking our learning and transforming the world.